Skin and Blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Skin and Blister, Monday edition. How are you today, Saz? Willkommen. I am. Willkommen. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Happy to be here on this beautiful fall crisp morning how about you how is it over there yeah it's really nice as well it's afternoon though and the clouds are rolling in which does not bode well for tennis later Uh Um, (laughs) but there you go give us the give us the long and the short of what you've been up to well, we've had, um, as discussed before, we still had the older sister in town from London with her family. So um, that's been a real joy. Um, we've been doing lots of fall activities with them um, and just letting the little ones play. How about you? Wait, 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 wait. What fall activities have you done? Did you carve some pumpkins? All right, all right. Uh, yeah, we carved some pumpkins. We um, went for some leaf-looking walks. And, um, leaf-looking? <laughs> what is a leaf-looking? Leaf-peeping. To, no. <laughs> to look at the fall leaves. Leaf peeping makes me think of like Adam and Eve when they just had the vine leaves covering their parts. I think that goes to show more where your mind's at more but than anything else. Peeping then? <laughs> I can We're just thinking. see you. Wait, hang on, hang on. I can just see you like fantasizing about Adam and Eve when you were younger because that was like the only like risque story we ever had. <laughs> Just no. sitting there like, ooh, Adam and Eve. Um, I was and still am very innocent. Which is kind of funny because we are technically related to them. All of us are. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> your face. Your face. I wish it could come through audio. Okay. Um, but no, leaf peeping is... Leaf peeping is. It is, we call the people that come to North Carolina um, in October, they come in hordes. We call them leaf peepers. And they come to see the beautiful fall leaves every October. Um, So that is what leaf peeping is. What about like leaf whores? Because like that's the hordes. Leaf whores. Are arriving. (laughs) hordes of whores leaf whores let me tell you if you try to drive so we have the blue ridge parkway here which mm-hmm, is really beautiful it's I really nice perk just drive with you yeah but let me tell you if you try to drive up there right now it would be an absolute shit show the there are just so are many cars the whores the hordes of whores <laughs> Just out there. (laughs) Whores are lining the road. Yes. Leaf whores. They're just out there, like, taking loads of pictures. Um, Thing is, like, 
they don't necessarily go on hikes. They just drive up, take a picture, and then they post it on social. And they're like, look at this hike we went on. This is a um, big. This is like an activity nowadays. Do you know that? Like people go is? somewhere take a, to take photos. I mean, I might yeah, be I've really seen, late to the game. <laughs> I've seen like a when I look at when I'm going somewhere and I look at like things to do. Yeah, there's like professional photo tours you can do, where like a photographer takes you on a tour to take pictures of you. Yeah, and like young people meet up in places just to take a photo shoot of each other. The That's young crazy, people, isn't it? Absolute. <laughs> I mean, I definitely take pictures, but I'm also like doing other stuff as well. I don't go there to take pictures. Yeah. Pictures are just a side effect of the activity I'm doing. Yeah, because when we were, um, when I was in my prime. <laughs> oh my God. How old are you? 29. Let's just clear when this I up. I was in my prime. 29 going on 99. I, we would be like, the whole, the whole way of like being was, to pretend you're too cool for anything so we definitely wouldn't have gone somewhere and taken pictures of each other because like we never wore nice clothes because we didn't want to look like we'd made an effort <laughs> i mean that hasn't changed much i'm still <laughs> in that era of my life but do you know what i mean now it's like you get dressed up and off you trot to take some photos which i mean as activities go why not yeah, why not? I mean, it's just whatever you like, right? We can mock it all we want, but if you get joy from it, then I say do it. <laughs> Bring on the joy. Well, tell me more. Tell me, so you you carved the pumpkins, you went and looked at the leaf hordes, and anything else? Or yes, um, leaf uh, pile and jump in it? We did not do that. You know, whenever I do that, I always think, like, imagine there's, like, this is the, <laughs> this just shows. I'm always, like, if I'm in a park, like, imagine someone was, like, leaving a needle there. And then oh. you made a leaf pile, jumped in, and got stabbed by the needle. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got dark really fast. Well... But. People do make them in the park and kids jump in them, but ever since I've had a dog, I I worry because in the park, especially in the middle of London, Yuck. people are just, I mean, not people, dogs are peeing everywhere. So like, There definitely... could be people as well. Yeah, Let's definitely, be real. but more like there's a lot of dogs here, so it just doesn't seem like a good idea. So axe that autumnal thing right off your list unless you're in the middle of nowhere and like you can control the dogs and the needles and everything <laughs> um so we did this really cool thing on friday night we um we all got together with the fam and went and played pickup volleyball at a brewery it's very cool and sporty of vo- us what is pickup volleyball um, it's where you just go, they have uh, sand volleyball courts at the brewery, and you go and you pay $5, and then you can play for as long as you want. 
and there's a bunch of other people there um so you can just join a team and play and it's quite a fun thing i i was a bit worried like that it would be you know like top gun type which you, you probably haven't seen top gun but they no. <laughs> in the original w movie um they have like a sand volleyball scene where they're all there with their like shirts off just like um hitting the volleyball with like and they're really good and they're all like abs everywhere um with like ba bandanas like tied on their or headbands i guess and like they're very like hardcore and so i was like all worried that would be a bit like that and like they would make fun of us because we i haven't played volleyball for like i don't know like at least 12 years um but yeah it was really fun so it, it was funny though because we kind of made like a mostly family team and there were some other people they were like oh can we play with you like do you mind if we step in and we're like sure sure and so like eventually we have this big game going right like with six mm -hmm. or seven people on each side of the net it's really fun um significant difference between the family players and the other people i.e the other people are a lot better at the volleyball oh no i was thinking um, that and then but i would think our family and then at one point good. after about half it would, it, it would take some practice to get back up to par because mm. these are people that have been playing like at least once a week i would imagine um yeah, sure. anyway like we're there you know having this great game it's fun and then everyone's like break and we're like okay we're taking a break like everyone's gonna have a beer whatever <laughs> we suddenly see like the entire group like just kind of run over to this other volleyball court that was free next to us mm -hmm. and start playing like everyone from our team who wasn't part of the family just kind of like ran off to the side so it wouldn't look too obvious and then ran onto this other <laughs> volleyball court and started playing. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Wonder uh, why. So Dan, then we were left. Was Dan playing with you? Yeah, he's really good actually. He's good, isn't he? Because I used to play volleyball. Yeah. I used to practice playing volleyball for three years. So you should have brought me. That you missed a trick well, there. Would have brought you, but you weren't there. Yeah, good point. Just saying. Yeah. I haven't played that much beach volleyball either. It's it's harder than regular volleyball, I think. Well, here okay, here's the worst and best part about it. So they they like have it set up with really nice sand, you know. And I see like everyone else going onto the court and they're all, you know, they all have bare feet. Like they all take off their shoes. You can't wear shoes, I guess. Um, so I took off my shoes and it was like a pretty nice sunny day. I'd say it got up into the like 70s. Um, so I think like, oh, the sun must probably warm the sand up, right? Like during the day. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, No. It was like the sand was 
basically a refrigerator. And so after about five minutes, I couldn't feel my feet anymore. And I just valiantly <laughs> kept playing. Keep in mind, everyone else is being very valiant, too. I wasn't the only one. Did it, um, um, but Did it freeze all your warts off? I don't have any warts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any... <laughs> <laughs> to those listening, I do not have warts on my feet. I actually have very beautiful, well manic well manicured, or would you say well pedicured feet? <laughs> pedicured, manicured, who knows? But I'm glad um, the warts off a lot. <laughs> Jesus. You've seen the the foot picture on Instagram. Those are some gorgeous feet. And I was generous enough to share them with all of you. Um, but anyway, I was playing on complete, like from the ankle down, it was a block of ice. So imagine like you're walking along and it just feels like you're on, you you don't have any feet. Like it's just you're on stumps because <laughs> you can't feel anything from your ankle down. It's quite like a, quite a weird feeling because you get kind dangerous. of. I feel like there's risk of spraining one's ankle in such situations. But the only thing is, like with the combination of a beer, quite a strong beer, and um, ice block feet, I kept doing these dramatic dives and falling over. Um, and oh, everyone that was fun to see. Everyone kept laughing at me. Um, but anyway, I wanted to ask you today Uh-oh. about your absolute oh, no. uh, red glasses that you're wearing. <laughs> oh, my red glasses. Well noticed. Thank you very much. Kindly. My are those glasses, fake glasses? They are fake. They have no lenses in them. I wear them when I'm trying to be productive and I'm all about the productivity when I am on the podcast because I bring my laser focus, as you may have noticed. So here we go. But they actually don't look that great, so I've put them up on my head, um, as you do. But those are my uh, productivity glasses. So if you ever see me wearing those, do not disturb, basically. Those are do not disturb sign on my face. Okay. Okay, I just have to say, wearing fake glasses is probably the most hipster thing I've seen you do. And you're already, let's count, like vegan. You wear like thrift store clothes. You live in East London, are obsessed with coffee and whiskey. And this is the most hipster thing I've ever seen you do. Oh, I did have some nice whiskey on the weekend. I cannot deny that. <laughs> a couple of them as well. A cheeky, a cheeky three. I'm still a bit hungover. I was trying to think what I, I did this week. And I have no idea. My mind is a complete blank. Because uh, we went out on, uh, when I say we, me and some friends, we went out on Friday night. Saturday night, Saturday night. Um, and yeah, we had a couple of drinks and then um, I didn't sleep that night. And then, yeah, so I can't remember anything 
from before. Uh, <laughs> what? Worrying. This is slightly concerning, I have to say. But you can't remember anything. No, but I usually can't anyway. When, but what I was going to say is usually after I go out like that and have some drinks, I feel really, um, uh, what's the word, paranoid the next day for the whole day, um, which is always quite an interesting feeling. But uh, this time I felt a real glow of well-being the whole day afterwards, despite not having Ooh. slept all night and having quite a few drinks. So I, I don't know. So maybe it's the whiskey. I think I'm going to stay on the whiskey because why not? <laughs> I don't think it's the whiskey. I think maybe it's because you actually spent time with other people. And, we, you know, we are we are social beings, so that is very important for our well-being to spend uh, time with other people. Do you think that could have possibly been the reason? Well, I mean, I spend quite a lot of time with other people. No? Oh. Do you? Um, is, what is the point of going out once you've uh, found a significant other? Um, well, for me... It is a way to kind of have a bit more of an interesting life, I would say. Because <laughs> it becomes quite routine otherwise. Um, and to spend time with friends in a fun setting. Um, and to not have to do any cleanup and have really good food and drinks. Um, and then to try to catch... A, uber or a lift home and not be able to find one and sit in a bar for two hours waiting only to have my ride canceled after all of that yes that's never happened to me <laughs> <laughs> well you do live in london so i wanted to talk to you about this because it was a whole debacle um the other night i went out with our sister and i was like oh i'll just i'll just uh you know, get a ride into town and then get a lift home so I can have fun and drink and not have to worry about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so when I went to book the lift home, like booked one for the sister, she went back, tried to book one for myself, and it was like 60 something dollars for a. Wait, 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 wait. 15... Why did you book a separate one for. Because uh, she, oh, she was staying with uh her husband. Oh, she family. was going somewhere else. In a different okay, part okay. of town. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Is it a Yeah, that would be really taxi? strange. Okay, yeah. so it was um, $60, sure. 60 some dollars for my lift. My house is only like a bit over 15 minutes away from downtown. What? So, yeah. Um, and so I was sitting there like, what? Like, I. I refuse, I flatly refuse to pay more than I paid for my dinner for an Uber or a Lyft. Um, so Lyft had this little thing called like wait and save. And I was like, okay, I can wait. Like I'll go to this other bar. So like I, I clicked on the wait and save and they were like max 40 minutes and we'll have you a ride like max. Wow. It's like, okay, cool. That's not bad. Like whatever. I'll just have another drink. Um, and so I walked to this other bar, like it was full of, um, wedding parties and people watching college football, which was like, that was a lot. 
nightmare. a lot. Sure, nightmare. An absolute nightmare. So I kind of sat there at my own little table looking very angry so that no one would talk to me. Um, I have a very good, very, very effective RBF um, resting bitch face when I need to. Like, no one will dare approach me if I put on that face. It's very it's a useful effective. tool. Very useful it. tool. Um, but yeah, so I sat there, sat there, kept checking my phone um, to see if the lift was coming. Because I kept checking, it started dying, right? So now it's on like 6%. Lift still hasn't confirmed my ride. I've been sitting there an hour, a whole hour, drinking my beer that I had to like shove through other people to order because okay. it was so crowded. And meanwhile, I kept checking Uber as well. And the prices kept going up and up. They were like $80 now. Um, finally, like, within an hour, I was like, surely they'll have someone soon. I check the app again. My ride is just gone. Just completely, just was gone. Like, it was like, hi, Kelda. Would you like to go somewhere tonight? I was like, yes, I would, you fuckers. <laughs> we're gonna have to bleep that Just so you know, out I think um, you could have walked home in that time probably could have yeah anyways so then I was like I'm not gonna get an Uber or Lyft because they were like $80 so and I didn't want to count on them again so I sure. texted a taxi service Yeah. and they finally got me home and it was like $50 but that's okay wow. it's better than 80 <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but that's steep. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what, like, I was like, it was not worth drinking. Like, I should have just driven myself. At that. Like, it's not worth two drinks. I only had like two or three drinks. So it was not worth that. Should have. So there I am trying to be safe and follow the laws and I get punished for it. So no, definitely don't out. drink and drive, please, because I already worry. <laughs> I already worry a lot about you, so please don't do that. But it was a nice evening other than the fiasco. Yeah, yeah, it was a lovely evening. Um, we had a bone marrow, which was absolutely delicious, I have to say. Um, for anyone out there who's not vegan and hasn't tried bone marrow, you should definitely give it a try because it is very tasty. I know it sounds weird, but just try it out. You will love it. You know what I find quite interesting about that is that that's one of those foods that used to be for like peasants back in the day. And now it's something that is probably quite high priced, I imagine. And you're like, what, scooping it out and putting it on bread? Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. You know, lobster used to be given to uh, people in prison as well. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Is that true? In the early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. It's um, like, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a, a lot of, so actually a lot of the food we had growing up was very, um, very delicious, but very cheap to make. So for example, mm -hmm. the other day I made dumplings. Um, shout out to dumplings. Have you made them before? 
I haven't. Well, no, I have made dumplings, but I didn't make the kind that you made, which is maltushin. No, it's not maltushin because I made that it's the, not. the week before. This I made dumplings oh, okay. yesterday. You just you basically make like flour, baking powder is the active ingredient and water and a couple of other things. Google a recipe if you're interested. And then you drop it into the soup and it um, puffs up and it's really delicious, but I can understand why we had it because it's like flour and water. Uh, and then yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then there's like what else? Even maltotion is very cheap. That's labor intensive though. But we used to have a lot of like really cheap meals. But what I was um, polenta, polenta, which what, was not delicious at the time. I love polenta though. Not the, did you like, like it? Did you like the way we made it? Because that was like quite grim. I thought. Yeah, it needs a bit more as well but the polenta I use is yellow I think the polenta we used back then was more like grits or something because it was white wasn't it was it white I remember it being yellow polenta tomato sauce and grated cheese and cheese and I would just like do a tiny dollop of polenta and then massive amounts of tomato sauce and cheese to kind of cover the texture and taste of the polenta yeah yeah no the polenta i make now is delicious um but what i was saying was sicilian food so france from sicily a lot of sicilian food is like that it's really tasty but it's really simple and cheap to make no it's not mm, simple. Yeah. it's really tasty and really cheap and usually uses a lot of like strategy to make it good if you know what i mean very labor intensive isn't it exactly but it's because they didn't have the you know they didn't have like loads of meat or like loads of cheese so they always make it um i don't know like maybe a lot of carbs and then but the flavor is amazing anyway nowadays those dishes for example spaghetti um Mm -hmm. what's it called pasta alayo I'm definitely saying that wrong, but but it's pasta, uh, olive oil and garlic and salt and pepper. That's like a delicacy in some of these restaurants. Yeah, I never it, order that. It's it just good. not worth it to me. Well, you have to get a Sicilian to make it for you because it is good. Okay. But, um, yeah, paying like twenty-seven pounds for that is like yikes. You could easily make that. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? All these, um, kind of cheap foods that are now specialty foods like bone marrow, I think is, is like that as well. I imagine like the bone marrow is quite a lot of, well, it's quite a unique thing to prepare, right? Cause you have to like use a chainsaw to like cut through the bone. It's like this giant bone. This giant cow bone. And they like okay. they must use like a bone saw to cut it in half. Like how sure. else would they do it? So that is quite a weird, like difficult thing to prep, I would think. Sure, yeah. Well I guess I was thinking yeah, more if you have the right tools. No, I just yeah. I don't know. 
No, but it's I'm like sure a they massive. Used to use that back in the day because they used to eat every part of the animal, and that's like coming into that's like a stylish thing to do now. But before it was because they didn't have other stuff, I guess. Yeah, well, I've heard the marrow is like one of the most nutritious parts of the animal, um, mm-hmm. and people make like bone broth where they boil bones for a really long time to get the marrow and everything out of it. And it's supposed to be, like, really healthy for your immune system and everything. Um, There's someone on the market that I always go to that sells bone broth. Very very enterprising, that is. Yeah. Just buy some bones, boil them down. Boil away. (laughs) Boil away. Um, I had a question for you that I've been dying to ask. Um, What... (laughs) You're going to love this. What do you think of a pumpkin spice latte now that we're in this fall season? And I think I know what you think of it, but more on the point, do you make them at the cafe and how would you make them? Well, how embarrassing this is, this question, (laughs) because despite my best efforts, I have a confession Oh no. And for the listeners and for everyone. Honestly, despite everything that I stand for, we now actually do have pumpkin spice syrup in the coffee huh. shop. I feel like I've caught I you with your pants for, down. Well, you have. Yes. And uh, I tried it the other day because that's my job, trying out things that we serve to the customers and um it's so sweet and it's not good i know people love it and i think like put some cinnamon on top it would be nicer for sure but guys just get your coffee just as coffee and then you can have like a chocolate on the side or a cinnamon swirl on the side or some or oh my gosh we have this banana bread with chocolate inside get that and enjoy yourselves forget about pumpkin spice i implore you listen you're saying that to like this is an iconic thing that people spend all year looking forward to you can't just dismiss it that easily yeah the reason we bought it because there's someone who's quite basic at the cafe who was pleading with us to get it i don't think you know she'll mind me saying that she's quite basic because that's like she she's the one who introduced me to this idea of going places and taking pictures. So I think she'll be quite happy to know that she was featured on the pod. Her basic, but I mean, no, no, no. I don't like. Obviously, I don't really care what people enjoy. I think everyone has their own taste palette and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Because life is um, there for enjoying, as well as a few other reasons for living, but. Um, yeah, I think like do what other like. reason is there though? It's it's really to have you know to make the most of it. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, like experiences are. Oh, I guess you could say that's enjoying, but I think like um, the people you're around. I always think that's quite important, like being around positive people and and kind of all making each other's lives as. You know, enjoyable. Well, yeah, because like if if everyone, if every single person had like even one other person 
and they tried to make that person's life as enjoyable as possible. So like that's an unselfish thing and unselfish things come back to the original person. Does that make sense? So if you do something that's yeah, not yeah. for yourself, it's actually good for you. Oh yeah, for sure. But if we each so do does that, that make it person, then the world is a is a better place, isn't it? As long as yes, we're all not doing it to the same person, that would be that would make no sense. <laughs> yeah, if there's one popular person that gets all of it, and then the rest of us just sit there like, why does no one try to make my life better? Yeah. Yeah, but then maybe you have to make more of an effort to make others' lives better, and then then that will be reciprocated, I'm sure. Question is, though, like, does that make all altruism ultimately selfish? Absolutely. If, altruism yes. is a selfish act. <laughs> I agree. I don't think anyone acts completely unselfishly at all. But not in a bad way. Being selfish. But not in a, a bad way. Thing. Like. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I just wanted to put in one little note on the PSL debacle. Um, I have gone to some coffee shops that make their own syrup and they use like actual pumpkin in it. Like they use pumpkin puree in their pumpkin spice lattes. Do you do you guys use that or not? You just use like a flavored syrup? Yeah, that does sound wonderful, but I absolutely, I do not have time for that because... It is really good. We used to make everything, we used to make these incredible um, cakes and stuff for the coffee shop, and we still do, we make, we still bake quite a lot of the stuff, and it's still incredible, um, but we used to make absolutely everything, even sometimes croissants, but wow, there is no that's a lot of work in the day. Um so I used to make this uh, pumpkin smoothie kind of thing. It was, re- but like it was really tasty, like super spicy. Um, but I remember making that. But again, you cook the pumpkin, then you puree it, then you puree add spices, it, yeah. then you add coconut milk. Oh, it's like by the end of that time, the day is over. The sun is set. The sun has set on that pumpkin. And then what are you going to charge for that? A hundred pounds. Yeah, that would <laughs> yeah, get you a ride home if you're Kelda with her. Oh my. Yeah, apparently you cannot count on getting a ride home for less than $80 these days. That is absolutely insane. Who can afford that? No one. Do not go out and drink. You won't be able to afford no, no. the ride home. Support the local economy. No, don't. You must. All right, let's move on to some correspondence. Yes, let's do that. Um, We have some amazing feedback today. Um, First off, we're going to start with... uh, I was wondering, do we want to keep people anonymous? Or if they don't specifically ask, should we say their first name? I think if you want to be anonymous say it and if it's super super person it's personal why don't you just use their initials okay yeah this one is initial like h this one is from h and (laughs) that's funny you said that um says question for your podcast did you pick up a new hobby during quarantine and she also said keep up the great episodes i'm loving it thank you for brightening my day 
so sweet of you. We really, really, really appreciate feedback like that. Well, at least every year in the UK, there was a time in the very, very beginning of the pandemic where coffee shops and this type of thing just completely shut down. So we were shut for a month and it was just a bit of a shock to the system because first of all, we had no income. So that was quite interesting. And then all our staff, we had no idea what was happening with them because they hadn't, well, then they did announce furlough after that, um, which was a scheme that let everyone get paid. Anyway, shock to the system, suddenly no work. Um, We were, you know, you couldn't leave the house. And so I started painting quite obsessively. Um, And yes, so I became a painter. Yeah, I remember um, you sent us some really nice little letters and cards that you had painted watercolors. It was really sweet. I loved getting that in the mail. Oh, thank you. Yes, a desperate need to connect was also one of the pandemic um, features. So, yes, I did. I sent some to people. But I also remember um, illustrating recipes. I really enjoyed it, but... um, I haven't painted since because I've gone back to everything else that needs to be done. But it was it was a positive. That was definitely a positive. So I think that one, that's my hobby that I picked up during the Panny D, but it hasn't... Uh... Pa- Did you call it the Panny D? Oh, uh, yeah, the Panny D. <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't, I like it that hasn't name. gone further. I've stopped doing that. Yeah, this this is interesting um, because I think like a lot of people picked up hobbies and then once life went back to normal, they completely stopped doing it. I think I did the same thing. Um, one of my main hobbies I picked up was biking because um couldn't really do much else except for outdoor activities or things in the house. And I was like desperate to get out of the house. So I bought a bike and I would just go whenever I felt like cooped up, I would just get on my bike and start riding away into the sunset. Um, and then another thing, I have a really nice little hybrid. It's like a hybrid mountain slash like road bike. It's, it's like the perfect bike. I love it. it. Are you like forward or are you sitting upright? Do you know what I mean? Uh, forward, yeah. You, forward, ah, okay. Yeah, some of them you, like the Dutch bikes, you sit up. Those are like beach bikes. I also have one of those. Oh, yeah. I have both, yeah. Um, but then the other thing I did a lot was I, <laughs> I paced around and around the neighborhood. I got to know my neighborhood very, very well. But I just, I think if anyone was there, which everyone was there in their houses, um, they would see me multiple times a day pacing around. Um, and then the last thing that I kind of regret um, not doing anymore, because I've gotten really busy, um, was letter writing. I wrote a lot of letters to people. And that was like really a lovely thing that I spent time doing. And I would like to do that more. Um but I haven't done it since we got out of quarantine. <laughs> I think I received exactly 
zero of those letters. Oh. Uh-oh. How many well. did you send out, do you think, to other people? <laughs> I really focused on uh, sending them to the parents because oh, yeah. I can't just, like, text or call them easily. Yeah, So yeah. I think most of them went there. No, that's and good. to everyone, everyone else I knew except for you. Sure, sure, <laughs> Just... but that's why we have this podcast so we can reconnect. Um, so we can heal those old wounds and not rub salt in them. It is quite interesting during the pandemic how we um, we all kind of gravitated to very similar things. I mean, people like everyone started baking bread and banana bread and and this kind of thing do you remember that yeah everyone was making a lot of bread weren't they yeah francesco was making this lovely sourdough um oh yeah a lot of people made sourdough that became a massive craze i have to say someone gave me a sourdough starter very lovely of them and i just killed it i didn't make i didn't make it in time and it just kind of died so I do have regrets about that. But uh yeah, I don't know. I just I don't have the patience for bread. It's it's just too much like time. Like okay. I like cooking things that have fast results. Cuz I don't I'm not very patient. Yeah, I mean bread is a funny one, isn't it? Because at least for me, you can buy quite a nice loaf. And it is it can be expensive, the nice loaves. Fair enough. They have to pay the bakers an honest mm -hmm. way. But yeah. if I if I slice that up and freeze it, that's going to last me, well, unless, unless Fran gets a hold of it, it's going to last me a good week plus. Um, oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Is Fran a bread monster? He can be. If, if, it, if it's frozen it does last a bit longer but like if you like with the olive oil and the salt and pepper and oh, mm. and oregano it goes quite Yum. fast um the other thing i did during the quarantine was i did a daily um uh hit class which is like super intense exercise um yeah i did some of those too but not daily yeah, that's the problem. I was doing it daily at eight in the morning and then I would have nothing to do the rest of the day. So I was like, why am I getting up at eight in the morning? <laughs> so then I, I stopped think doing it. We were all desperately clinging to some feeling of normalcy. Um, like I would get up quite early as well just to like kind of cling to that. You know, I didn't want to like slowly sink into oblivion and just start sleeping all day mm. well i had so that was like the beginning and then there was a point where oblivion did seem the best alternative like the best option at that point so i definitely got into that but then uh after a month we were back open and then it was like full steam ahead because then what would happen was every week there'd be some new mandate and we'd have to completely change our business um like so one week it would be, okay, you're allowed to do takeaway. And then suddenly everyone would be doing, like building a deli inside their shop. 
um, and like making homemade pasta. Do you know what I mean? Every week it was yeah, yeah. different and you had to complete yeah. Then it would be like, okay, now people can sit in. And then the next week it'd be, oh no, we're going back to takeaway. And actually, such a nightmare. For a business, those are very, like, that's two different. You can't really run a business, a sit in business if you have a deli as well. And you can't really run a deli if, do you know what I mean? But you still yeah. have to make yeah. enough to make it work. Um, so Ugh. that was like two years of chaos, but we are through that already. We are through that. Hopefully never again. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I actually like, I was thinking about it as I was talking about it and I realized like, I didn't get up early to, um, keep from sinking into oblivion. I got up early so I could teach my kid oh, all yeah. his, like, Oh, I I guess I'd kind of blocked that out because it was just a really dark time. <laughs> I think that was, he was a, a challenge for sure for parents. He was in a um, Spanish immersion program. And keep in mind, I speak no Spanish. I, I took French in high school. And so basically I was teaching myself Spanish along with him. And he would be like, oh, every time I'd try to help him, he'd be like, mom, that is not how you pronounce that. It was, yeah, it was a whole thing. Better Aww. left forgotten at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but I think we have, we have a re- another really good uh, email question. If you are ready, I will Let's move on to that. It. Thank you for these questions this week. That's yeah, great. you guys, you are really showing up for us. Thank you so much. Um, this one is really, really sweet. Um, Dear Kaz and Says, which he later said, sorry, I called you Says, I meant Says. Um, I have listened to the episodes of your podcast since its inception and I want to tell you I find your podcast very interesting, informative, and thoughtful. I love your laid-back, casual discussions, deadpan and quirky humor, unbridled laughter, and tongue-in-cheek sibling rivalry. It puts me in a joyous mood every time I tune in and listen and gets me through my long commutes. Oh, I'm Guys, blushing. This is like... Thank you kindly. Thank you. This is amazing. Um, this is something quick, real quick. I wanted to ask you about how you take a compliment. Because I have a lot of trouble, like, with knowing how to take a compliment. Always say thank you. And don't say um, right back at you. <laughs> yeah, that is, like, the most thoughtless thing you could possibly no, say. But sometimes if someone says something nice, which um, is always a lovely thing to do, I do feel like saying like, oh, I mean, same to you, but actually it's quite nice to just take the compliment and um, just be nice to that person because they're yeah. a nice person. But I think... Like, I find myself... Sorry. Well, I was just going to say it, it's a lovely thing to compliment others and, and keep keep the joy going round and round. I do love, I love a compliment. Um, but I also like never know like quite how to deal with it. So I either find myself like brushing it off being like, ah, no, 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 
this is too much. Or I fully embrace and say, yeah, like, yeah, someone compliments my food. And I'm like, yeah, I really like this recipe. Like, it's, it's one of my favorite recipes. So like, I don't know, but I do love getting compliments. I have to say, I think everyone does. So keep the compliments going round. <laughs> I think you especially. Yeah, me especially. You're, you're quite right about that. Um, so he said, I have a couple questions for you guys. First off, can you briefly tell us what your podcast title means? And that one goes to you, Saz. Yes, definitely. So Skin and Blisters uh, means it's Cockney. So I live in East London, which is where Cockney rhyming originated. And Skin and Blisters means sisters in Cockney rhyming. So that is why we chose it. And we also think it's quite um, quirky and kind of stands out a little bit. Is it skin? It's skin and blister, isn't it? I always yeah, it is. If it's, yeah. yeah, so it's skin and blister <laughs> without the S, but it means sister. So yeah, that's why we're doing it because we are two sisters and we're trying to support each other from across an across ocean apart. the pond. Across the pond. Um, another thing I really liked about the the name of our podcast, first off, it's very unique and says was the one who figured it out. So huge shout out to her. Um, but the thing I love about it is skin and blister. Like as kids and adults as well, we got into a lot of scrapes, both mm -hmm. physical and non-physical. Um, we, like, we would work a lot in the garden as kids and like get a lot of blisters. I, I don't think I ever had a time when I didn't have massive blisters on my hands. Did you? Did you get blisters? We used to wear wellies. Which, oh, you know, the welly rub. Wellies is something that American listeners will know, right? Uh, they're, if they don't, it's rain boots. Rain boots. Uh, you used to get a blister at the top where it would rub. And during, like, when it was rainy, you'd always have one there. And the other thing is I'd always have a stubbed toe for my entire summer. Yeah, me too. I never didn't have a stubbed toe. Mm. And I, I never didn't have blisters on my hands either. Why did but, you have blisters um, on your hands? From, like, chopping From, wood. like, shoveling and chopping wood and stuff. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah? I would and say my also... hands have never been softer. <laughs> <laughs> you really moved up in the world that Since is a when good I was sign a but even actually when you work in a coffee shop as well it's you you get quite calloused hands um and also your nails get like weirdly stained from the coffee so that's always a bit gross but anyways um yeah the skin and blister I thought it was quite fitting uh for you know school of a lot of what we talk about is a bit of a school of hard knocks that we went to as young adults. So yeah, I think it's quite fitting. And um, I appreciate you choosing that name. Oh, Take the compliment. You. Right back at you. <laughs> I did not choose it. So that does not work. Um, <laughs> and then uh, so thank you for clarifying that. Uh, second, because you mentioned in an earlier podcast that you used to hate your body while living in the commune. If you feel comfortable discussing this topic, are either of you 
able to describe the transition from viewing your body as an object of sin to learning to love yourself physically. As we know, the outside world places much greater emphasis on physical attraction than the commune, which basically rejects any notion of vanity. Was it difficult or easy for you to make this transition? Sure, sure. This is, wow, this is a very good question. We did talk about it a bit before, didn't we? But I think... Um, yeah, briefly, yeah. I would say now I feel... So I would say when I first left the commune when I was 18, I did feel quite negative. But no, I would say I, I was more disassociative. I didn't really have a feeling about my body per se. Now I feel quite positive, but also quite neutral at times, um, which I f that, that feels like the healthiest place I've ever been been in in my adult life is I can have a certain amount of neutrality about it um, but also um, can uh, enjoy um, my body for what it is as well um, I don't know why I'm laughing but uh, when I first because you're still uncomfortable about no but I just it was like a turn of phrase um, but then when I was there and young uh, when I was a teenager on the commune, uh, I would say I felt I felt quite comfortable, but I was quite um, I was quite tomboyish. Maybe you could describe it as I I I just liked like doing. I used to go for we weren't really like the women weren't really meant to exercise. Um, do you remember this? Am I remembering right? Yeah, unless you're doing work. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the, physical the, work. The, the but yeah, yeah. But when I lived in Florida, I used to go for runs, um, mm. wearing the the skirt and everything. Eintracht. It was like a way of relieving energy, which, interestingly enough, not relieving energy, uh, like, re like getting rid of stress, um, which yeah, I still yeah. do, and. Uh, uh, yeah, so I wasn't negative about my body then, but I just, um, I would have liked, I guess I would have liked to do sport because I think, um, that's a good way of, uh, like using, not using, well, yeah, using your body in like a really positive way for something that isn't so much about how it looks, but like how it moves and how the muscles work. Um, what about you, Kaz? Um, yeah, this, this is a pretty uh, deep and uh, good question because um, I've been through a lot of um, different places with this in my life. Um, first off, like when I was a younger kid, I, uh, I was also a tomboy. I loved, um, basically, I wanted to do everything better than the guys in my class. Um, so I remember we used to go for a run every day um, in seventh and eighth grade. And uh, so that was I remember this one time. I'm just clarifying. So I guess after eighth grade or like after high school, that's when we weren't. Really yeah, active. yeah, yeah. Like you didn't really exercise or you weren't really like allowed to exercise after, um, I guess, what 16 but 
yes yeah, like, like if if you were a teenager and you'd like exercised by yourself that would have been looked at quite strangely um yeah for the women, i think for the Definitely. men quite a few of them probably they did go running yeah oh yeah they all yeah they used to go running anyway sorry Calder. But we, yeah, we used to run um, in seventh and eighth grade as part of our recess. We would always run a half mile that was uh, on quite steep terrain. Well, what what terrain wasn't steep in the mountain place <laughs> in which we grew up? But um, I would, I got it in my head like I'm gonna finish before all the guys, and I just remember like pushing myself so hard and coming in in the front and just being so proud of myself. Um, and that being said, I did it in a skirt as well, while all the guys had pants on. So, oh, definite accomplishment. Did you um, not wear like running trousers or something? No, no, no. We we had to wear our dresses. We wore skirts. Did we? Do all... We did for uh, playing soccer and hiking and we everything, did, and we? working in the garden. Long we wore like long, as well down to long skirts. Trip. Yep. For all of that um so yeah i definitely at that time like that's all i thought about um there was quite a formative well there are quite a few formative moments for me you know as a preteen um but this one time i was um you know kind of in one of the communal gatherings and uh this woman kind of pulled me aside i think it was one of the moms of some other kids and they said to me like it's time to start wearing a bra because I can see your nipples um through your dress and um that was like incredibly like we didn't really talk about that kind of thing um and I hadn't honestly given it a thought because like I said I was just trying to like keep beat the boys and everything kind of thing I was just that was all I cared about. Um, and, you know, it kind of called a lot of attention to my body. Um, and I think like after that, you know, I started paying a lot more attention, being feeling a lot of shame around my body um, because it was becoming like a woman's body. And I really, I didn't, Part of me like loved that transition and part of me just hated it, right? So like I I started to realize that my body was, you know, an object that people either approved or disapproved of. Mm. Um, and so I kind of started to focus very heavily on that. Um, also, another part of it was, you know, teenage hormones and all that fun fun stuff that you have to deal with as a teen um but I remember like looking in the mirror like every day and just kind of I just really like detested um myself my body and what it represented for I think like all of high school but at the same time wanted to kind of like show it off as well um so I had some really, really complex feelings around all of that. And then when I left um, the commune, kind of became, uh, I started to use like my body as a tool um, to get 
um, the kind of attention and love that I felt that I needed because I didn't have a community that I was a part of. I just lost like my family and friends by leaving. And um, I didn't know how to interact socially with other people my age um, Mm -hmm. at all. I was everyone thought I was quite like weird. Um, So for me, it was like a tool in which to gain the company of people if that makes sense. No, it and the comfort. Yeah. The comfort of being, you know, paid attention to you um, because I was so lonely and depressed. Um, and so that became like very complex and um, transition to, you know, went through more transitions around all that um, to now I am really trying to like find a love and appreciation for my body as like a vessel that you know lets me do all the things that I love and like you know really care for it but I also like definitely am not at a completely healthy place yet you know um I definitely struggle with what I think many people not just women struggle with with feeling like you know have to keep a certain image going in order to you know, kind of be the person I want to show the world. And that is definitely a challenging thing for me. But I say I'm in a lot more of a healthy place with it than I ever have been now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like what you, um, I like how you are really, um, what's the word? I, I just like how you're super positive, um, and you like always have nice clothes on and you're always looking your best. I think like, obviously there's no, that's not like a pressure, but I think that's something that you've um, like, not recently, but like fairly recently come into. And uh, I aspire to these heights is what I would like. Because <laughs> I, well, I wear first off. You'll never be as tall as me, so you can't aspire to my height. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is really sweet of you, though. See, there, there I go, not knowing how to take a compliment at all. No, no, all good. But yeah, 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 your fashion is on point. Oh, always, thank uh, you. I like, I like to. Well, some, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like, when you're doing the videos with the pumpkin spice lattes, I'm slightly concerned about. You. But other than that, I'm like, wow, that lady has got her shit together, and I love to see oh, it. Um, I always feel that way about you. I always think you're like lazy, like lazy, fair. No, that is the wrong word. Uh, but your attitude of like not giving a fuck, like I, I really admire that as well in you. Um, but like. I, I, I sometimes feel like I definitely care too much about how I look, which um, is an ongoing thing. Mm. But like, really, I don't know. It's such a hard balance to find in this society, this world, isn't it? It's like, you don't want to care too much, but you do want to care because you like caring about it. And then you wonder, like, should I care about this? You know, like, is that like very feminist of me? And it's just all these questions and Really, I think it just boils down to, like, how do you feel in your body? Like, do you feel good? Like, do you feel healthy? Do you feel fulfilled and happy? And it, 
I think like that's what's important, not like what other people say you should feel about it, you know? Yeah. But it is, it's a very, very complex thing that all of us have to deal with. And I know that like a lot of people think it's, you know, mostly women that deal with that. And that is, you know, that is probably statistically true, but like I personally know a lot of people, other people besides just the women I know who also struggle with it. Um, and I so, yeah, I think it's quite, yeah, a, I think a, a, quite a universal most thing. Most people it? have some kind of hang up around their, like something about their body that they don't like, or, you know, they're insecure about, but I, I, I would say <laughs> speaking, cause re remember last week we were saying things to our younger self. And I do remember yeah, yeah. it being such a all-consuming thing at some points. But now I actually feel really grateful that, yes, I do. It's definitely ongoing and something, you know, I keep, you know, you, you kind of have to empower yourself in a way, like keep empowering mm -hmm. yourself. But it's definitely not kind of one of, I don't feel all-consumed about it, which I feel really grateful about because it's tiring to feel all you know yeah it's, it's, it's exhausting and also the other the, something interesting because I did personal training for a while and what I realized is people have quite unrealistic expectations so I think do be realistic about your body like look at it in an appreciative but realistic way so don't say to yourself mm -hmm. I'm gonna if you're like built in a what's the like a a skinnier fashion don't like aspire to kim kardashian's exactly like, and also proportions no, I mean, yeah that's all a lot of that uh uh what's the word uh paid for surgery yes exactly so, um but yeah but like be realistic and then go okay this is what i'm working with and i'm i'm happy and content with this um and then work from there, you know, find, find, don't work from there, but do you know what I mean? Like find stuff that you, that your body can do that makes you happy, like going for a Yeah, I think like my, like one of the biggest positive things I've had going on um, around this topic for, in the past probably half year is um, I've gotten really into um, my sport, which is jujitsu. And the biggest thing I notice is like some days if I've been, you know, eating not as well or, you know, not really exercising as much, I notice like I perform like really poorly. Um, and then the days in which, you know, I'm feeling like I've been caring for my body and like um, eating, putting healthy food into it and um, also like keeping up with the exercise between classes, like... I've really felt like, wow, like I am so powerful and, and my body is like really, you know, serving me well. Like I'm feeling this great connection between my body and, and my brain and my aspirations. And that is the, I think like one of the healthiest places I've been in to date with it is just seeing the power and strength and also like of my body and also the correlation between like how I treat it and how I perform when I'm doing the sport that I'm interested in. Um, so I think like, yeah, it's all about just 
it's not, it shouldn't be about how it looks. It should be about how you feel, like how powerful you feel, how confident and how much you love um, the body that you, you are in. And so like kind of what I've started doing is I'll look in the mirror in the morning and be like, try to be no matter what every single morning, even if I'm feeling like super bloated or something like I love you. Affirmations. I love your body. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. But it works. I have to say, like, it really works. I Like, some cheesy things actually work. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) That's a funny Um, one. We should get um, people to write, like, write in the quotes, like, the cheesiest quotes that they've ever heard and then we'll judge them <gasps> although i'm yes. just remembering your friend is coming on so we need to get some um coffee orders again some judgment oh yeah so we can judge some coffee orders yes did you have a word of wisdom because i'd actually um, quite appreciate one okay yeah okay um wow. I, I did think about it um so word of wisdom for today is um if you are feeling like you've had a very busy week or um, just very stressful time in general, which I know we all deal with on a weekly basis, um, feel free to slow down. Do not see, I really struggle with slowing down um, and I kind of tend to beat myself up if I have a relaxed day, but actually it's a great chance to spend time with your loved ones or with yourself just contemplating life and reading or indulging in whatever you find to be your most relaxing way to spend an an afternoon. So please be easy on yourself. Take a day off to just really relax. That has been a good lesson for me. That is beautiful. And mine (laughs) is enjoy, enjoy, enjoy yourselves um and have a lovely week and we will speak to you next week thank you again and ciao 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 bye 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 thank you for listening to skin and blister if you have questions or comments please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com